This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Marcus, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Welcome to another edition of the Sea to Sky podcast. My name is Marcus. It's a special podcast today. I have uh, all council members who are newly to be newly appointed council members uh, in front of me. I got uh, Eric Anderson. I got Armin Herford. Doug Race, I got Jenna Stone, Mr. Chris Pettengill, skinning your teeth, Chris Pettengill, right here, and Mr. John French, and uh, congratulations to all of you. Thank you. Uh, it was quite a race, I think. It was uh, it was different. Uh, we didn't have those crazy incumbents except for the one fellow over here. And uh, if you, and just for the listener, if if you're hearing swooshing sounds, it's because there's three microphones for six people, so there's going to be some passing back and forth as we're discussing. So if you're like, what's that crunkling sound? It's mainly because the microphones are getting uh, passed back and forth. So reason why I brought you to here together is one to say congratulations. Also, thank you for being part of the podcast, and also your journey. I mean, you guys all decided to run for council. You all had reasons, different reasons to run, or and very similar reasons to run. But now during the whole process, the campaign itself, uh, what ha- has your views changed? Have you have you realized different? Has your ideals changed? Is there things now like, I, you know what, I thought I could do that, but maybe not now? Um, or are you as idealistic as ever? John? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I think one of the things that uh, hit me the most is how much this community has changed. I, I was born and raised here and uh, I've basically lived all my life. I thought I had a pretty good handle on who lives here and what people do. And I really got clear that there's a lot of new people here. And I didn't really get the full scope of that until I started knocking on doors and, and meeting people who'd never heard of me, which, you know, all my years of radio (laughs) and writing for the newspaper. (laughs) And, and now, so I've been out of that for a while and I got clear that I just don't have the profile right. from a name recognition perspective that I did back in 1995. Well, that's what happens when you spend 15 years humming and hawing about running, <laughs> right? I mean, but you know, your first try, you got in. So what, what's different now, apart from all the different, you realize that the problems are a little bit more on a grander scale than you think they are, or what did you learn by when you meet all these new people? Uh, well, I learned that we're a very intelligent community, um, that the level of awareness around the issues, uh, you know, what's current and what's going on in Squamish uh, was, was very high. And, and not that I didn't expect that, but I was impressed with the level of understanding of where the community is at and where it's been and, and, and the vision that people have as individuals for the community. So there's some really bright people with great ideas out there. I'm sure, Armin, you can reflect on this because you're third generation, aren't you? Third generation Squamisholian or Squamishite. I never know what to call Squamolian. it. Squamolian. Squamolian. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generation three. I've only witnessed my one generation, though. The rest is legends about uphill both ways to school. You know, where, where we actually the, had snowstorms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 20 foot snowbanks and all yeah. that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And, and to meet so many people and I think I, I lead a fairly social life. I'm sort of frontline all the time and I meet with the, the public on a daily basis in my, in my normal work. Um, but turns out I'm mostly meeting with one demographic, uh, you know, which I think all humans would, should really have bicycles and all that. But um, it, was, it was great to be out and, and see what the new people's expectations are of a city that they live in. You know, it was one of the things that struck me. Uh, I met someone. Well, how di- how different is it from how you feel right now? Like you came in with a vision because you are a business owner here. You ha- you're third generation. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're talking to people who are relatively new and they have a different vision, I think, than maybe you have had. Yeah, but it's more little things. I think we all have a, have a, a similar vision. The debate is how we get to that version of prosperity and, and the, the actual prosperity part is usually fairly similarly described, you know? Um, but one little thing that struck me is I, we hear and we spend a lot of time talking about transit, say, for instance. I met someone during this process that, uh, and, <clears throat> and we always talk about, I hear lots of talk about um, sort of getting people out of their cars and onto transit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it would have to be pretty good to make me, and as I say this out loud, I didn't think about taking the bus here tonight and we carpooled, but, um, you know, how good would it have to be? And um, I met someone who straight up told me that she was disappointed. This was the first place that she lived where after a very short period of time, she realized I need a car here. Mm-hmm. I need a car here. And I hadn't really um, seen that 
that perspective it hadn't dawned on me that that was something that you know is this uh an expectation and i think that's um and i think that's great perspective because we're always kind of looking at it backwards uh i think or the other way which <laughs> i'm beginning to think is backwards now of like how we get that how we get that uptake um and, and other other examples of that but i thought that was one that really stuck with me and i think that goes into other services and other processes that um, people are expecting because they've come from other places they don't necessarily know how far we've come or right. care because they have expectations of what they want to see in the uh, where they call home you know? yeah I, I remember talking uh, in my business i was talking to an old-time um, resident and how things, she was just reminiscing on how things have changed right how downtown used to be dead and you used to have those one or two holes in the ground that used to hang out in and there used to be a banner across the highway that says don't meth around and watch out for bears Right, it's way different now than it used to be. Right now, we we have a, we have a certain level of, of people here now that um, are not, I would say, the same as you know, fifteen twenty years ago. And Jenna would attest to that you're you're relatively new, I guess, from the rest of us here. You've been here for um, five years. That's right. I was about to say five, but I just let you answer for me then. And so, in th those five years you were here, I mean, you've must have seen some grandiose change as well. Yeah, definitely. Even in the five years of living here I've seen change um also I did grow up in the sea to sky corridor so I've watched it change over the past three decades um I'd say one thing that I really found valuable campaigning as speaking to somebody about this is that it almost gives you an excuse to walk into any room and ask somebody what their lived experience of Squamish is and that's a pretty unique position to be in um and so similar to what other folks have said you you get to chat with so many different parts of this community and what I really took away from it is despite the diversity that we have the the issues distill down to the same thing no matter who it is that you're talking about and that is the rapid rate of growth and how that feels unplanned and unmanaged at the moment and how do we start to kind of get a handle on that um, and then how do we make sure that we still have this sense of community that gets fostered amongst this growth um, that I heard that from old Squamish, new Squamish, diversity of folks. And I think that's uh, really what I took away from this whole process. Hey, Chris, yourself, um, you know, skin of your teeth, Chris. I, yeah. I'm going to say that for a while now. <laughs> that, that, two, that two vote thing. I mean, you were officially announced, what, just a few days ago? I mean, so you're, you're kind of new to the group. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still kind of getting used to it. And because, you know, it was a, a week of just real uncertainty. Um, it was an experience. I, <laughs> I uh, you know, it just shows once again, um, you just can't tell what voters are going to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think like a lot of the people here, I, I did see really a, a lot of common themes. Um with the community. So in, in that sense, I think we really are together. It's a lot in the details, I think, where we, we differ, but big picture, I think we're pretty aligned as a community, which is kind of cool. And, um, you know, I guess the other thing that's in, in my head right now is when you're campaigning, it's very much about trying to let the voters know who you are and be very uh, clear about, you know, this is me. And now I think we have to go through a bit of a switch where it's how do we work together as a group and right. how do we represent everyone now and, and so we go through a bit of a, a change and trying to wrap my head around how, how we're going to do that I'm looking forward to well you're not unfamiliar to politics I mean you were the BC Green Party uh, you were involved with them and now you're at a municipal level is, has it how's the change is there like a big change between the two or do you still have that you know it's a smaller group you have to deal with you're dealing with seven uh, six other cohorts right whereas the party is a party you have a big amalgam system so this seems to be a little bit nuanced for you or is this something you're you're cherishing to take on more of a nuanced group for change or um well it's it's sort of a lot of the same issues just from the other side I guess and and so it's uh just applying that but I, I don't know maybe it'll give me a bit more of a perspective of of um, you know it's not just about Squamish and, and you could see in the news when you looked at what the other communities were talking about it's a lot of the exact same issues right. and, yeah. and so we're kind of almost facing the same things as the province yeah, province-wide, on a municipal level, for sure. There's there's a lot of, like, you go look at all the results, and I've been talking to friends in Port Moody and in Bur Burnaby. They're all saying housing, housing, affordability, housing, affordability. So our problems are not unique to Lower Mainland or to BC. You're right. But it, it's now we're, we're on the front lines, though, which I always found ironic about, about politics, that everyone cares about the federal level, 
right? Who's our prime minister? Who's the who's the face of Canada? Whereas the nitty gritty, you're dealing with on a regular basis. Your municipal government, and then your provincial government. You hardly have any dealings with your, your federal government except that one time a year where they want taxes, right? So, I mean, but then Eric over here, who's dealt with many levels of government uh, and who's been fighting to be on council for, for a few times now, <laughs> you, finally, you finally made it. You finally have your, what you call a seat at the table. I know you were, when I interviewed you, it's like, I, you know what? I've done so much. Uh, I just want my seat at the table, please. <laughs> and finally you're here. So looking back at all that, now you're here. I mean, come on, where, where's the victory speech? Where's the, uh, yes, yes. Well, relating to experience with other levels of government, yes, I have, especially with the province, a lot of interface with the province, wearing various hats. Um, uh, experience in politics, well, the Chamber of Commerce is another type of forum that I've had experience with since about 1990. I've been a member of Chamber Committees, been on the board a couple of times, a few terms, and that gives you some taste, but maybe not. I don't know what to expect with this new experience of sitting on a municipal council, but that's what I refer to. I think uh, what my thoughts are drifting towards when you think about provincial and federal politics and municipal, one of the big challenges I think is for all of us at the municipal government level to work together to affect changes mm -hmm. at the senior government level and, and to draw our collective voices together because we've been already highlighted housing. That's not a municipal government um, uh, field, mm -hmm. but we, we, and it is one of the several fields that are being offloaded to us. I think it's an important challenge to figure out how do we work together with other local governments in this corridor and beyond. Uh, so that, uh, those are my thoughts in thinking about the different levels of government. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's a very important topic, how do we work together? So I know you're out and about quite a bit, though. I've, like, every, I think every engagement I went to, you were there. You were, you were quite active. So when, when you were talking to the people, did it sort of open up your mind to certain differences or did you sort of had a grasp on what was happening? Well, my, my experience post-election is, is a surprise to me. Uh, having been there before, as you mentioned, this time uh, people, are, I didn't, people are coming up to me post-election and I didn't know they were tuned in. And uh, it's a different experience, and I pass it on to the people who are running for the first time. This time, don't spend too much time on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll <laughs> get to that. Everybody will have we'll their own constituency and their own way to relate them and find them and communicate with them. But um, I really have been, it's been an eye-opener to me uh, to learn who was listening in. Um, you, each of us are coming between 2,000 and 3,500 voters. Well, that's way beyond our, our personal contact network. So who are these people? Well, I found out that I have people studying every single word we wrote on Facebook that I would not have imagined were lurking and <laughs> lurking about and doing that, including, by the way, municipal staff. Oh, right. So the so, good old copy-paste might have been a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, in summary, my experience post-election is, is, is a new, new world also reflecting on who, what was that all about? And who were, who were there? Who yeah. were listening in? Right. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Doug, I think uh, I ran into you, uh, I think the day after the election, you were taking down your sign. And I said, congratulations. I don't think it was that hard for you because all the other candidates were pulling for you to win anyway. I think every interview I conduct is like, I hope Doug Race runs. I hope Doug Race runs. Or I hope Doug Race wins. He should win. Doug Race should get in there. Yeah, it's Doug Race because he's been in there forever. And he's going to show us the ropes. Are you prepared to show these youngsters the ropes? Sorry, Eric. Well, no, Eric. I think Eric Priest would be called a youngster. Are you ready to show these guys the ropes? Or? Yes, I am. Uh, and actually, I'm looking forward to it because uh, one of the things I was worried about going into this campaign was who else would show up in council. Um, and I knew, and, and that's not a small how do we thing, take trust that? me. I'm just how, do we, how are we supposed to take that? Who's going to show up? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was, there was quite a litany of people out there running. So. Darn right. And, and it's important to have good people. And so uh, let me just tell you, I'm sleeping a lot better now than I was before the election because I have difficulty calling these things. And, and I was particularly worried about the mayor's race. Uh, it's the first time in my memory we've had four solid, credible candidates running for mayor. We did have five uh, for a minute there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I couldn't call that, really. Mm -hmm. I'm delighted with the outcome, uh, but I couldn't call that. And, and there was people running on council that I frankly hoped wouldn't make it, and uh, they didn't. So, um, so I, as I say, I'm sleeping a lot better now, and I think this is quite a good group. 
You know, the straightforwardness is great. I love it. I love the refreshing. <laughs> you know, I like these people because there's some people out there, man, I mean, no, no, no. So with these rookies, what's what's the first thing you're going to have to take them through? What's the, what's the first thing? What's the initiation? Uh, it's actually not initiation. It's called orientations. Which no, no, is like, no, no, no. Come on. Let's, 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 come on. Initiation. There's a more polite word for it. So there's, uh, uh, but there is a learning experience. Absolutely. There's a learning curve for everybody. And, and, uh, and I've been through three orientations now. I'm going to go through a fourth. Um, I wouldn't miss that uh, because I think you always learn something at those. So there'll be, that will start uh, November 5th, actually, the day before our first meeting. Uh, inside City Hall. And then there's other outside courses. Uh, our solicitors are having one. Um, the local government association has another one in Richmond in January for all municipalities. So there's a whole bunch of orientation as well as just learning on the job. The, the thing is coming in uh, compared to say other levels of government is we don't have a party whip telling us what to do. There's no slate here. There's no party. This is not partisan politics. This is seven people with seven kind of separate thought processes and you hope that they come together on some of these issues and, and the majority eventually take the day, but uh, but there is no um, no preordained uh, platform here. So what sage advice do you have for the newcomers? I mean, you were a newcomer once before. What, what's, uh, what are some of the hurdles you had to overcome? Um, do your homework, read the reports, uh, the staff reports before the meetings, um, pay attention. Uh, that might sound really simple. It's amazing <laughs> how many people don't pay attention <clears throat> during the meetings. And, uh, and then also just um, keep an even temperament. Uh, don't th take things personally. Um, I have been the one on a 6-1 vote a lot of times. Uh, and you can't just go off and sulk about it. You just move on to the next item in the agenda. Uh, so it's that kind of thing. You have to realize you're not going to always carry the day. Uh, you just can't get too obsessed with that. You just have to kind of go on to the next decision. And you have to accept the decision uh, because once council votes, whether it's 7 nothing or 4-3, that's the resolution of council uh, and we are all here to support it. And it's almost like a cabinet solidarity we sometimes hear about. You know, you don't start going out in the community afterwards and start chipping away and, and uh, at the decision. That's not productive. Yeah, uh, We have to be productive for our communities. So, we vote, we debate, we do it without uh, without any personal references, uh, and we vote on it, and and then we accept it. I like I like the fact of acceptance because I'm not one to like unanimous votes. I'm not big on unanimous votes. I want a little bit of dissent because if there's dissent, that means there's discussion. That means ideas were passed back and forth. That means there was talk, and then if there's one or two votes that are, stand out, that means there was discussion, and there was, and then you all partook, and you all jumped in but the afterward the aftermath of the decision i think with all said and done and everyone mm -hmm. sort of comes together and say you know what this is what's best for squamish because we agreed on it we were all representing the people and the majority of us say this is how it is let's let's get it done and i and i, I like that and I, but i'm not one like i said for unanimous votes that to me doesn't seem like it's like what was your voted you okay i'm voting you know i like that fact that there is discussion and i think this group here uh, has a quite a, a big um range of discussions and I, I will admit I am six for six on my council picks. <laughs> I am. I have been saying that all over town. I am six for six for my council picks because you all represent something different and I'm glad the, the, the community saw what I saw and, and so and not everyone saw it uh, obviously on, on the social media. <laughs> so that, that was a, a platform that uh, I thought was quite interesting in terms of, of dialogue and, and, and politics. Does anyone want to sort of go over what how they felt on the social media platforms who wants to start with that one and be like oh my you know reverse order well doug i don't think really did a lot of campaigning because all the other this all the other short. candidates campaigned for you <laughs> and i have had um not always the best time with social media and and i in my first campaign i got on it i thought that's what you're supposed to do and i got on a chat room and and it was just such a, a series of rants that I got off it within a week and never went back. Chat so, rooms, you know you just dated yourself, right? That's a long whatever time it was. ago. You know, we, it's like I could just hear the AOL. Ding, ding, ding. Welcome to AOL. <laughs> um, for the last uh, two campaigns, I've been on Facebook. And actually, it's not me. My campaign manager does all my postings for them. I just send her an email and say, we can put this in, and it shows up there. And uh, so that's my my contact with Facebook and I'll close the site down actually uh, probably this week um, I just don't use uh, social media P 
people know how to contact me. Uh, they send me emails, they phone me, um, they bump into me on the street. So I don't have difficulty communicating with people, uh, but I do have difficulty with some of the stuff that goes on in social media. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Like, did you guys find it a little bit different? The atmosphere on social media, like, is it, it was hard to get out there. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where with social media, it's it's an interesting beast. It's one of those necessary evils. But then there's so much stuff out there. Um, it's just rise above it. And one of those things, like, any hints to maybe pass along to your to your cohorts here about the fact that you know you need to get that positive message out, and never mind what the trolls say, and just and just sort of get past it I mean because what I noticed is that there was a lot of mistruth a lot of stuff that was flying around that's totally inaccurate and so how do you persevere through that so my approach to social media is I think that it, it holds a really valuable place in the public engagement spectrum the reality though is that it's a good place for to inform it's not a good place to engage um, and there's a real difference there. And so I think that that's always the lens that I take to it. It's a really great place to help get your message out, let people know what is happening. Um, but in terms of dialogue, it's a really challenging, challenging space. Yeah, because it becomes an us versus them, I think, environment, right? It's like you guys on council. So how, how do you sort of break through that? How do you say, you know what, I'm still from here. I still have my shop, Armin. Like, I'm still here. Like, I'm not anything different. I'm just, you know. Still tall and bald like you, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, actually, well, more than a little bit um, because uh, of this new role that I, I'm taking on, and, and we all you know we all are, and um, and how that changes, and if, if I'll be able to interact on um, and use social media in the same way in my counselor role, I, I've had success with doing in the in the business role, and how to sort of divide that out, and it's new. Uh, uncharted territory for me so we'll see I, I um i found it really interesting when you got to some of the questions on you know some of the uh, um, places where people are all these different avenues people are posing these questions and um i'd be the i'm not sometimes i'd be the first person i'd be like oh cool i get to say something here and then other times you're the 15th person there's 22 candidates i'm like do i have anything to add to this like yes how you know there's a housing crisis okay i, I don't know where to add and I mean, if we're all sitting around, if 22 of us are sitting in a room talking, of course we'd have things to add as you go through it. But mm -hmm. you read these, I'm like, well, like it was really interesting to get your um, <clears throat> your point of view and your personality across because it's about, I think that process um, had a lot to do with personality. But of course we want to talk about the issues because it's about issues and politics. We're not going to make it about people like Doug was saying. But the point is you're electing a person, not a issue. So it's... It was really interesting to walk those walk those lines, and um, yeah, I, I would not have claimed to have mastered it. That's for sure. Well, I mean, because the social media is one of those things where I think, like I said, I mentioned a necessary evil. But it goes those all candidate meetings, right, Eric? When you get up there and you only have like two minutes to sort of say your piece, or one minute. Oh yeah, and then like yeah, Mr. Doug Monroe's like you got thirty seconds, and you're just sitting there like, uh, and I've heard a lot of candidates go up there and just go, ditto what he said, but I don't like this. See ya. Right. So do you think the, uh, there was sort of fair communication for all of you? It's like, so you had to get on, like, did you feel like social media was a necessary thing that you had to do? Yes, Marcus. I do think you have to use all the whole repertoire out there and you'll cater to who you think you're trying to reach. And they will be different constituencies for different candidates. Um, the, the all candidates meetings, Squamish has a long tradition of them, and I've been a part of groups organizing them for, for a while, and there's always reluctance and thinking, is it worth it, and it, isn't this a big bother, but Squamish always brings people out, which is a unique thing here. If you go down to the city, uh, most of those municipalities do not have all candidates meetings the way we have them well, here. Well, they have like 90-something candidates. It's kind of hard yeah. to get them all in one room. But that, I, I actually think that it's an unfortunate aspect of our election experience that we do have so many candidates, but we're not unique. Nanaimo had over 40 last time. I think they had well over that. Uh, Vancouver, of course, 120-odd candidates. and and so. But this just doesn't serve, um, uh, I think, the, the cause of debate. But then it also introduces discipline. One minute, you can do a lot. You'd better figure out how to do a lot in one minute. It's like haiku, I guess. Mm -hmm. It is a discipline, and you have to master it, and it's the what is what we work with. But I think that uh, as far as all candidate meetings as opportunities for local democracy, it, I think we do suffer in having so many candidates. It becomes un unwieldy. I'm not sure that what, what we might do about that. 
in other jurisdictions, you have political parties that sort this out for us. And I'm not sure where we really want to go that yeah, way. Yeah, I don't think we want to. I, I mean, in, in places like Vancouver, where you have 120 candidates, I think it's nice to have a, like, people running slates. So it's like, if I like this vision, then I'll, I'll take this slate of names. So I think it makes more sense. But in a community like ours, where we're just, you know, what, 13 kilometers and we're the 20,000 people, we don't, I don't, we don't need, a, I think, we want that discourse. We want that, that talk. We want that you know, that, that we mentioned before, that back and forth. And, and any slates don't really give you that, I think. Well, I've, I've been to other countries during local government elections where there's political parties. But those political parties, I mean, your family belongs to them for generations. They've been around forever. And it's a different political culture. It's not our Canadian political culture, at mm -hmm. least not yet. But um, I don't know what the answer might be. We can, of course... Uh, invest more time in those all candidates meetings, break them up a bit and book halls. And there's a lot of volunteers involved though that is also something to consider. And another place we had volunteers this time around was on social media. And where we, would we have been without Dee Hildebrand right. and her refereeing and her, and her work? Um, I, my experience from the last two elections is uh, that it is matured quite a bit. But then I also have to reflect on that's because there were volunteers involved. They were around last time too, and they've learned as they go, but they're still volunteers. Right. And Chris, I remember talking with you uh, before the election, and you were like, ah. And then you got into the election, you were like, ah. And then after the election, you're like, ah. <laughs> but now you're here. So you still have an overwhelming sense of, ah. Or... <laughs> no, I, was no I, I was unsure about running, but uh, I, I dove in. I think. With social media, I mean, I kept it mostly to the, the group that Dee started, and she kept pretty tight reins on it, which, you know, uh, kept it a little more positive, but it meant you were more talking at people rather than having a dialogue. But I don't know there's any alternative to that. I think, I don't know, when I look at who did well in this election, it seemed to be the people that had really been involved in the community quite actively for a while, and or really put some effort into door knocking and, and that FaceTime. So I think social media maybe pushed a few people just over the top or made a difference, but I don't know that it was the main the main driver. I've seen some random questions though on the, on that group. Some totally random questions whereas what does this have to do with anything with the election? I mean, how did you not to go copy paste your answer without like why am I even answering this question? I didn't try to answer them all. I, I tried to pick ones where I could sort of showcase sort of what I was thinking and feeling and, and try to put something down there. I'm kind of, my approach is to put something way too long that most people don't read, <laughs> but some people do. And, and they, they I'm like just going to over inundate you with information. That's <laughs> but, it. <laughs> um, but you know, that's just who I am. And so it lets people know who I am. Well, I know I, I, I've seen, I've seen uh, some of your, some of your Facebook, um, I would say, I wouldn't want to call them altercations, but some of your interactions on Facebook prior to the election. So I, I know that you, you make a fair point and you like to have a, a fair and an even keeled answer to many of the questions where it is like, Chris, you're still writing. Why am I still reading this? <laughs> okay, you got the job. I'm done. Good job. <laughs> and John, you're a communications guy. I mean, you, you come from a communication background. How do, we, uh, how do we change that us versus them mentality? Because I know on the social media with all the vitriol and with all the like, you guys suck, you guys did this, you guys do that. And then all the, the spreading of, the, of, of stuff that's pretty much untrue. It does, you get that divide that us versus them. And you, you, you've been through that. I mean, you've worked yeah. in the media. How do you sort of get past that? Well, it's really, in my mind, to eliminate the them. It's just us. And that's how I approached social media. And the posts that... I was writing through the campaign, I really put it through the filter of community, us, and and not any kind of them. And I was anticipating that my social media experience through the campaign would, would be way more challenging than it was. When I think back to the social media backlash that I saw when I when it was announced that I was leaving Mountain FM chief my journalism work to go work for Wood Fiber LNG, it was swift. It was negative and, and it was difficult. Like it, it was challenging on my family. Like I, that's how 
it rippled out. I, I used to make a joke. You had 10,000 friends. And then after that, you had five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you knew who your true friends in Squamish were. Thankfully, that's just a joke and it's an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still popular. <laughs> but your point is well taken. And <laughs> so I was anticipating that with with that history for me of social media and online, that I would have that repeat again through the campaign. And I was pleasantly surprised that it, it just didn't materialize the way that I thought it would. I I was fully prepared to defend my resume every day mm-hmm. online. And and I it didn't didn't come out that way. Right. Which I'm happy about. Which you know, I think that goes to the maturity that we heard one, one of you said <laughs> D D and her page. Yeah was really well run. And I think that as a group, all of the candidates did an excellent job of making use of that Facebook page to really get our individual messages out and distinguish ourselves from, from all of the others. Uh, so, so I completely agree that there has been a lot of social media learning over the last few campaigns to get us to where we are now. And, uh, Social media was really effectively used by a lot of the candidates. And and I was thankful for the opportunities that we had through social media because I knew that one of the things that I needed to do or that I wanted to do in the campaign was to reach people that I don't know and people who don't know me. Right. And I think I achieved a bit of that through the social media platforms that we were able to make use of through the campaign. So what, what kind of lessons have you guys learned over this, over this, uh, this whole... Uh, ordeal, I will call it a, a quick and rapid um, election process that we had. It's like what six weeks of just flurry of what's going on. What I'm elected, hooray! So, are you guys still all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed? Are you still feeling idealistic? Or are you still, or what's going on here? You can survive off of popcorn and wine for five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what else? um i i found it really interesting where um i (laughs) dietary uh needs aside i found it a really interesting um experience because i didn't think like i'm quite good with people i'm not i'm not um shy i can stand in front of thousands of people and speak on the microphone but i don't often say me or i and speak about myself and it it took me actually um a couple weeks to start to feel comfortable speaking in that way because um it's not something that we normally celebrate in society when someone speaks that way about themselves mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like it's not and um it was really strange and once i I, um, you know, I put my papers in, okay, I'm doing this. There was this big pause. It was like jumping into a cold lake or something. I was like, wow, how do I speak about myself in this, in this way? Because, you know, I have ideas. I think I'm good for this, but saying like, look at me, I'm, I'm the one you should put in there. It wasn't something that I was, I don't even know that I'm fully comfortable with it yet, but it was definitely a, a journey. I felt far more comfortable at the end than the beginning, um, speaking in that way. And I think it was really interesting. I don't know if that's a useful skill for other portions of my life, but it was really, Doug's uh, been doing it for a while. It was an interesting process. (laughs) I mean, Doug's whole platform was, uh, I've done it before. Vote for me. Did I, did I summarize that right? Or (laughs) I'm the only one with experience. You need to vote for me. Done. Uh, that's close. Um, (laughs) I was, uh, I was actually talking to a friend of mine up at UBCM and I said, you know, coming into this election, I think what I'm going to do is just try to keep my head down and and stay out of real issues and because uh, I did have one. an advantage. I, I'm a, and he first, came out number one. Look at you. No, but I had a huge advantage going into this. Yeah. actually, and 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 getting your name out is one of the real challenges I think in these local government elections. And and I commend my fellow candidates that uh, they went and knocked on doors and used social media and the other things at their disposal, especially when you're relatively new to town. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been working in Squamish for over 40 years uh, and living here for over 30. And, and, and I w- worked for a law firm that still has my name in the door. <clears throat> so I had no difficulty, even for my first election, getting my name out and name recognized. And so you attach policy to that and you attach uh, positive things or you attach your vision to it. Um, you don't have to criticize others. Uh, I don't think people like that in this community. Um, and and just see where the chips fall. So 
I did have an advantage, uh, and as I say, I was more worried about uh, other positions um, than it was really my own. The other thing, and I was just listening to John, the other thing I think that was different this time, and and I did follow, I mean, I don't want it to sound like a total dinosaur, but I did follow a little bit of social media and, and the Facebook posts. He checked in on a few chat rooms here and there. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, I, and I did get drawn into one debate, but uh, but I think the thing that was different this time is we didn't have a major polarizing issue like we did last election. Last election, and I was on one side of it, John, I think, was on the same side of it, we were on this LNG issue, and there was a very passionate group, large group, probably in the community that were opposed to it, and so there was definitely a polarized community at that time, even though, oddly enough, it wasn't a municipal issue, it's a provincial and federal issue, but nevertheless, uh, I mean, it's like asking local councillors what they think of nuclear bombs or something like that, or nuclear disarmament. That's the federal government that will deal with that, not us, but people want to know. And so so we didn't have that this time. We had a whole bunch of small issues that were important to some people, but it was kind of diffused a little bit. I got emails about zoning decisions and stuff like that that are relatively compact, right. um, and it wasn't widespread. Different well, I, elections. I, I've seen some questions where it's like, what kind of car do you drive? Like, Really? Like and it's like because I, I want the green thing, I want the green vote, and I just saw a few others where it's just like, what? Why? That question in particular was really intriguing for me, Marcus, because um, there were people around me who were saying, "Don't answer it; it's just dumb." Mm. And so I stayed out of that question for a long time, and I I saw everybody else's answers, and I thought, "Wow, that's a real insight." into the person and I saw how valuable that when I put my voter cap on when I read all of those answers some of them were really long Chris Chris wrote a really long one (laughs) about his vehicle and it's just like yeah yeah Chris got it you know Chris was saying earlier about how he writes long and that's what you get with Chris and I know that about Chris because I've seen his online stuff for a long time I hope he can read as much as he writes and his car answer was long which really tells you about Chris (laughs) but then there were other people who just put that they drive a Toyota Prius and that was all they wrote and that gave great insight into that person's personality and so I I regretted that I waited that long to answer that question Mm -hmm. because as a voter I saw how valuable that information was as a decision maker on who I would be voting for. And that's a good point because I looked at it like, why? But I mean, if you see it as, as an insight of a particular voter, then it, where there's if, if you do give a short answer, it means you don't care. Uh, but if you give a long and contemplated answer, then it's like, I do care of everything you were asking me, even though I am long-winded, Chris. <laughs> I, I like, I actually, I like that. I'm happy you brought up that question. I like that question because it did bring out who the who the person was and stuff about about them and their decision making process and I thought that was really really interesting where the the issues and what do you think on this particular issue is super important to have an, a, a, to show that you have an opinion you've thought about it and your perspective on it but as we're sitting here all six of us we're going to have to figure out how to solve that and what that solution looks like because you all drive different cars could be totally right? di- yeah but what I, where I was going to hop in with is this is an interesting thing about online. I answered, and the gentleman that asked that question said thank you to each to each uh, each answer, and even said a little something. And then I answered, and uh, his his reply was, uh, "I know I'm your neighbor," and I was like, <laughs> like next door neighbor that that I've never had a conversation with on that side. So just never seems to be out doing anything. I don't know how he cuts his lawn because it looks great, but I never see the guy. And then we have this discussion online and yeah, it was <laughs> Eric is just sitting here smiling away. You guys. <laughs> Jenna has, well, okay, let's Jenna, because she needs more than just popcorn, popcorn and wine. Popcorn and wine is yeah. always a good one. Um, no, but I do think building on a few things that were just said, one thing that I think really stands out with municipal elections is that it's not necessarily about the issues. And I know that some previous elections that has been the case, but it is really about who the people are. And I think that that was the biggest part of trying to find that balance throughout all of this was I I was coming into this. No, very few people knew who I was. I didn't have the name recognition that Doug had. Um, and so a lot of that was just trying to be able to differentiate yourself and explain 
what your thought process is behind certain things and explain how it is that you approach issues and how you work together or build off other people's answers. And um, there's so many different avenues to do that. Um, Facebook was one, but I think that there were also so many other opportunities that were presented through the campaign, and that was that was a really interesting part of it all for me. Yeah, that, that embarrassing air hockey loss that I suffered. Thanks, Armin, for pulling <laughs> me into that one. Oh, what? <laughs> but, sorry, sorry. I've spoken too much, but can someone celebrate the haiku that they had us do for at the Zephyr? The 20-word answers? I thought they were super... Um, did everybody else enjoy those? I don't want to... I talk too much on the microphone. <laughs> I thought it was... Yes, but I, I recall that we had some word limits for the chief, too, and even character limits, and there was a few people that broke the rules, and they didn't get properly punished. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everyone start looking at Chris Pettengill all of a sudden? <laughs> Everyone's just looking at Chris. Come actually, on. No, no, that one I actually didn't respond to, so I was the shortest. <laughs> and, and that, I think, was a, a critical mistake, a strategic mistake, but I... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's the winning comment of today. There. Uh, so Eric, go ahead. Well, one hopes in in answering these questions that were posed to you from different uh, places and uh, in different media that what you try to do is project your character. Because how can you rank, how can you measure the answers one versus another? Uh, the question on the use of car, my answer was I, I didn't have a car for 25 years. I ride my bike and I walk. And uh, I applied those same answers to another set of questions on green energy. And uh, because they were looking for technology, I maybe didn't, that was in, in, in built into the questions, I came out as trending towards being a fossil fuel laggard because I wasn't, I wasn't going for those, those toys. And my answers were just off the wall and I had to put them in the comment section. I didn't get any points for that. But um, I think that these are, uh, <laughs> these are learning experiences and, and the lessons are also transferable to other things you do in life. And so I think I find the whole experience and these, your, these tests that come along from the newspaper from here and there and in various ways each time. I've been through it three times now. They're interesting and you learn a lot from them. Um, during this campaign, I happened to be taking a course in video marketing uh, unrelated to the campaign. And I was just reflecting on how much I've learned during this election process about video marketing, even though that's not why I'm taking this course. Um, and I think that all of us learn so much about uh, new skills and uh, not only contact networks, that the contact networks also. And there's so much work to be done in this town. Mm -hmm. So the town uh, benefits from having a, an exercise like this and with so many participants, including all those volunteers. And hopefully we can uh, harness that. And all of those people who didn't get on council too, we can harness what we've achieved for ourselves and skills we built up and so on. Yeah, you had 22 other people speak, so you had 22 other perspectives on an idea. And then, and so you have more of a wider base of how people are feeling and where they're coming from. But, you know, back to the, the Facebook threads, like, what would have been worse is that I'm your neighbor. It would have been like, so everyone gets a thank you, thank you, and then you just get that thumbs up and nothing. It's like, did I win that or no? <laughs> Oh, I just got the like. Oh. I just got the like. Come on, where's my where's my love? So, guys, where, where's the love? Right, like, where, what's what's next for you? What's uh, how do you feel going forward? What's uh, you have any words of advice for each other or any comforting words to say? All right, we're in this. Let's get this done. I don't see any Trumpism here at all in Squamish. We didn't have an election with a populist cause or populist uh, phenomenon at all um, it's uh, we have though seen that in Squamish in the past you know big issues come up that that bring a massive swing in the pendulum but I, I, to me it, this time it was a different layer of issues and multiplicity of issues maybe all related as Jenna said earlier to growth mm -hmm. and coping with it but uh, it seems to me that we have hopefully a council that reflects the community and whatever, however we are diverse, we reflect the community and I think fairly well. Mm -hmm. Who's next? 
Well, I'm just looking forward to, to getting moving. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it always takes a little bit to acclimatize yourself to a new group. And I just want to sit down with all these folks and get to work. Yeah, well, you were the last one in, so I guess you still have that. Ah, I'm still eager. Still got that nervous energy <laughs> going on in you. <laughs> Jenna, I'm sure your, your dietary needs have changed. You've now moved past the popcorn and the wine. I've added some vegetables to the mix, but I still had popcorn for dinner last night <laughs> with a side salad. So what uh, your reflections overall, about, I mean, the process is over. You can sigh, really, like, you can sigh a breath of relief. So what's what's next? Yeah, Armin and I carpooled down here. We're kind of chatting about how this week is a little bit funny because it's this it's this lull between the two storms of campaigning <laughs> and then uh, everything else that's coming, orientation and uh, all the other things that need to happen. Um, it also means it gives us all a break to figure out what we're going to do with with our day jobs and and how we're going to sort out our time. So um, although it's been quieter on the public facing. Front of things this week, it's. I'm sure we've all been um, busy at homes trying to sort ourselves out and our schedules and things like that. And as the emails start trickling in from from staff at the district and Karen and starting to organize us a little bit, I'm definitely really excited and um, excited to get into council chambers and, and, and start the, working the, with yeah, the team. The congratulations stop and I get to work now it begins right. Yeah. And John, you, we were at the Crave events and you got nothing but congratulations, congratulations, concert, yeah. congratulations. You were just like, yep, 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 yep. Ye- and, and, then, and I'm sure everybody sitting here has yeah. had the same experience over the last couple of days of everywhere you go, people are saying congratulations. Because, you know, for the most part, people are great. People are thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And the thought that I wanted to share, it, it takes me back to something Doug said earlier uh, about being uh, d- d- even-tempered, I think was the phrase that you used. And so for me, it, it's being. Like... One of the things that really struck me at the recount, I didn't spend a lot of time there, but I was interested in it because, you know, I, I was the next person in line and, uh, on the vote count and I wanted to get a feel for that process. And I watched for a bit and I was surprised by the number of ballots that I was seeing that had people voting for me and for Chris. And that surprised me because we're pretty distant on a few issues. Like we're on the other side of the spectrum on a few key things. So to see that people were voting for the two of us mm-hmm. said to me, there are a lot of people who voted who wanted a diverse mm-hmm. council. Exactly. And I think they got that. And I think what they also got is a group of people who are going to be a lot of things over the next four years. And some of the things that jump out for me in the world of being are, are like passionate. This is a very passionate group of people that love their community who are generous, generous spirit. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about this current council and previous councils and the level of debate and awkwardness, I think three years from now, this group and, and Karen, we're going to be very harmonious. And it's because they there are a group of personalities here that I think are very open to other opinions. And I think we are all going to work well together. And I think that's important. (laughs) Well, I I would concur with that because like I said, I'm six for six with my council choices. And I saw the same thing of all of you when I interviewed all of you. And you do have different opinions. You have different sides of arguments, but you all come from the same place. Uh, Well, Doug, again, when I interviewed you, are like, I'm going to get it anyway. So I don't know. But... (laughs) I didn't say that. I'm just here. I'm just doing this for the exercise. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My orator skills. No, I'm joking. But, you know, this is going to be an interesting time for you as well. I mean, you've been with the same group for a long time, and now you have like five new fresh faces with you, and uh, you're going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, To a point. We have have a good staff at the district. Um, We have a person I think is a strong mayor, will be a strong mayor, Um, and so I'll do my share, certainly. But, uh, and... And there's going to be probably historical things that I can talk about that others can't and, and maybe put some issues into context. Well, I'm sure Eric can contend with that. <laughs> he can do that part of it, yeah. But from inside, the, the uh, you know thinking back to the election, it's hard for candidates who are not sitting at that time to talk about some of these issues because they don't completely know what's going on. Some of it's behind closed doors. It has mm-hmm. to be. Uh, there's things that are happening. And so uh, I think 
I think this new council, uh, I was also at Crave, actually, and, and John reminded me. I had a lot of people come up to me and congratulate me, as you'd expect. But they also said, uh, this looks like a really good council. Uh, and that's the common thing I've heard in the community since the election. So, so for these people to talk about some of the issues is very difficult. So I think, in their case, it was very much about character. Uh, and I think that's quite a, quite a true uh, statement. Um, that the community kind of looked at the character that they wanted and knew that if you get the right people, they'll learn and they'll make the good decisions. Yeah, and I think the community, we're all having the same issues. We're all coming from the same thing. And there wasn't that divisive you know, topic. There wasn't a divisive issue in the community. And we all kind of realized we all need to work on this certain aspect. And uh, yeah, you guys are here and you guys have to get to work. Any final thoughts before we wrap up here? I know Chris is itching. He needs to get to his, 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 uh, his music class here, but... Any, any final words for each other? I, I, just quickly, uh, one of the other things that I've heard a lot over the last couple of days reacting to the group that's been elected is the word respect. Uh, over and over, people have been saying to me that to them, it's a very respectful group that has been elected. And w when I hear that, what I hear is respectful of our our opinions and our differences, but also respectful of the community and the feedback and the thoughts that this group will get from the community. For the reason that the world's going to change in the next four years in ways that we can't say right now. The council that came in in 2008, we're, we're all of a sudden in the midst of a major recession. The council that came in in late 2002 had the highway deal, the Olympics, wood fiber closure, the mill closure. Who would have predicted all of that? So the team and how would the team relate to the community is the most important part. I hope we can maintain the same level of engagement. Or I know there's a spike around elections and everyone gets really excited, but I've been blown away um, with um, the number of people coming up post-election post wherever wherever it is, in a, in a cafe or shopping or an event or whatever, um, congratulating and wanting to talk about, about the issues. And I, I really do hope that that continues so that we can um, uh, have just have the opportunity to discuss uh, these things with, with the public. And I hope everyone here uh, feels the same way and we can have um, uh, respectful discussion in the, you know, with the public as well as amongst our, ourselves because it's, yeah, we're all in this together. We're all good? Well, with that, I hope to help facilitate that. That's why I started the podcast, to help facilitate that that message and get that unified voice out there and to get people engaged. And thank you for letting me interview, and thank you for coming in today. Congratulations to you all, and uh, yeah, let's get to work. Thank you. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the coffee. <laughs> thank you. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on.